Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Just so you know, this is going to be a real snoozer of an episode on the Krabby Pastor today. And I just, I realized that there is a topic that I have not quite yet addressed on this podcast, and it just kind of slipped by. And I felt like I did have some things to say about sleep that I have just not shared. And I'm going to do that in this episode. I just have a few things to say about that because sleep is kind of important. Now, If you go on a walk with um, a group of women that I walk with from time to time, sleep frequently comes up as a topic. They're talking a lot about how little sleep they get. I only got this many hours. I couldn't go to sleep. I whatever. And so I listen very compassionately. I have no suggestions for them per se. But I do know that sleep is an important element in self-care and trying to get yourself on a a routine and a regular schedule helps. Now, what doesn't help you or anybody else necessarily is the very fact that uh, I have whatever my mother had in terms of genetic makeup. And the joke used to be that you would lean her up against a lamppost and she could go to sleep. So we're going to spend some time (laughs) chatting a bit about sleep and the role it plays in your overall health. So, but I do want to take a moment here and prime the pump, if you will, for what's coming up on the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I have some really neat interviews coming up and I... I'm excited about these. For one, I have the Reverend Dr. Chris Adams will be on the show and he is going to talk to us about self-care and how to flourish in ministry. He did write a booklet on the personal well-being and vocational ministry and it was a study done with pastors in the Church of the Nazarene. And I really am not bound necessarily and strictly to any one denomination per se. Let me say that right now, but I tend to hang with the uh, Wesleyan clan, you know, anybody that's on that tree. And if you were recalling your church history, that means the Nazarenes, the United Methodists, the Free Methodists, the Wesleyans, the that that clan seems to be where I hang mostly. So, Going back to the Reverend Dr. Christopher Adams, he is going to be on the show. We're going to talk a lot about his research and what he found and the helpful information that he has. I have 
um, a pastor who was a dad with a young family who experienced burnout. Those back from burnout stories are always really helpful. And by the way, if you know of someone or you have experienced burnout and come back from that, I'd love to hear from you. I really would. You'd want to send an email. It's in the show notes. My email is there. And let me know that you are ready, willing, and able to share your story because it it does help others, helps others identify if they are in burnout and, and encourages those who are struggling in how and where to go about getting help for their situation. So I want to talk about self-medicating with food. <laughs> you know, I that just is a, a good one as a way to, you know, maybe replace loneliness, depression, et cetera, et cetera, all of those kinds of things. And I have a really interesting and fascinating discussion with a counselor coming up on how churches can actually help victims of abuse. What's the best way to help? So while we tend to talk a lot about self-care, I also dabble in leadership topics. Self-care, in my mind, is your first line of leadership. You have got to lead yourself well in order to lead others. So we're going to cover some leadership topics along the way that are hopefully helpful and helpful resources. But, you know, going back to sleep and going back to the fact that you could probably lean me up against the lamppost and I'd go to sleep. And I don't, I don't know why that is. And it's not that I have never had issues with sleep, but there's been some stressful situations. I will wake up and ruminate on that. So you can call it ruminate. It just doesn't sound as serious. You know, it just sounds like you're giving deep thought and really percolating on a certain topic. But really what we're talking about, as a friend so lovingly pointed out to me, is that that's worry. And we all know what scripture says about worry. So, okay, I stand in that clan of sleeplessness and it's and it's not good and I know I'm I'm pretty draggy if I have not had the proper sleep but some people have likened sleep to on your computer where if you've ever defragged your hard drive you know you're sleeping and and everything comes apart to come back together and fit just right it is a restorative process and I think our sleep it's gotten a little messed up since the advent of, you know, electricity, for one. I mean, think about it. If we had no electricity, when the lights go out, when the power goes out, what happens then? You usually, I mean, you can light candles and read by can People used to do that, read by candlelight. Not so much anymore, unless the power goes out and you're really bent on reading a book. But we don't do that too much, but it used to be that people followed, we followed the sun, right? That's why they call it the circadian rhythm. And we defy that when we do things in our culture anyway, like working first, second, and third shift. Um, I live in the land of the Holy Trinity, you know, GM and Chrysler and Ford, except it's not Chrysler anymore. It's some other strange name that I can't recall right now, but 
that's uh, kind of the holy trinity of the area that I live near. And there was a time period where all of the shops would be going 24-7. So there were three three different shifts you could work. And I think you got more money for second or third shift. Gee, you'd have to pay me a lot more to do second or third shift. But yeah, they they went full tilt to meet the demand and of course to make some money. So, you know, we do not live very well into our circadian rhythms. We have electricity. You can stay up all night and either binge out on Netflix or play Candy Crush on your phone or a lot of things like that. You can do that if you so desire, but it really does not help cultivate a regular sleep routine and pattern. And that's really where you want to go with it. Now, of course, if you are having long-term issues, you need to go and see your doctor. And, you know, if you're not up for taking the big time meds, you know, there are some smaller things that you can do, things with melatonin, things with drinking some sleepy time. Oh, I think there's extra celestial seasons makes extra sleepy time tea. So you can you can try some things like that, but some of it has to do with establishing a routine and sticking with it that is helpful. Now, my husband you know, he, he's a bad sleeper, really. He just is someone that consistently throughout our almost 35 years of marriage has not, he does not do what I do. I'm like a solid eight to nine hour person. I can do that. And he has, you know, it's a good night if he gets five or six, really. And he can function on less sleep, although sometimes you kind of wonder if he's just not pushing through. I don't know for sure, but but anyway, the most recent story that I can share to you is, and this is my personal experience with a little bit of sleep deprivation. My husband was diagnosed with severe sleep apnea. This is after a long time of you know his wife saying, "Oh my goodness, you are snoring like a buzzsaw." Even if I got up and went to the couch, which I go back to sleep pretty quickly, but I could, you know, hear it from the other room. And and boy, if that wakes you up, if, if you decide you're going to tough it out. And for a while, I was doing earplugs until they started annoying my ears. But there's nothing like the sudden jolt of becoming awakened by the buzzsaw that is, you know, a foot away from you. <laughs> So finally, he, after a lot of convincing and boundary setting, he decided to get a sleep study. And they do those at home now. I had no idea about this. This is probably important information for someone out there. But you call the doctor's office now and they send you this stuff. You know, I didn't witness everything that he attached. You know, it was like they follow his heart. They... What I just said, you know, I think that's suited for the guest room for, I think it was three nights that he had to do this just because you could tell I just don't have a big mercy gift going here. So, and even when he got his apparatus, the, the CPAP machine, you know, I really didn't think before I said this 
But, but I said, you feel claustrophobic in that? I mean, it would bother me that way. And I probably shouldn't have said that because I think that sort of planted a seed that I did not intend to plant. And it's enough for people that get and win a CBAP because they flunk their sleep study. Um, it's enough for them to take the time to save their marriage, but enough to take the time to learn and to get used to this apparatus that has to go on your face. I mean, if you stop breathing like 30 times an hour, it's not a good thing. And it definitely messes with your overall health. I mean, even the fine folks at Weight Watchers will drone on about sleep and getting the proper amount of rest so that your body is in good shape to eventually, in their case, let go of some of the weight. Now, my husband, on the other hand, is is kind of a tall, slim guy, but he still won himself a CPAP. So, so this, I told you, this is about me. So we're, I'll shift here a second because about three Three or four weeks in, yeah, to his CPAP, let's get used to this thing experience, I started to go, hey, hey, I'm feeling pretty good. And even in night one or two of his CPAP thing, I could sense that I was waiting to be awakened by the buzzsaw that was a foot or so away from me. There was there was an actual anticipation with me that never happened, and it was was very interesting. And I got to tell you, the machine is like, and it just is. A, it's not even as loud as a sound machine, which you know I have used one of those in the past, but not currently. It was. It's just kind of a quite swish swish from my opinion, but not my husband's who's still acclimating. I will tell you that he is still acclimating. But as I said, three weeks in, I realized that I had been for, and I won't say how long, I had been living with a bit of sleep deprivation. Now my Apple Watch said I'm getting eight hours of sleep and I can get woke up and go back fairly quickly to sleep. But even just getting woke up momentarily really was playing on my on my psyche, on my whatever. You know, I don't, I don't think I was extra crabby or anything. It wasn't that. But I did notice after getting three weeks of pretty solid sleep where the buzzsaw was not waking me up really made a huge difference. So what I want to say is you need to maybe assess where you're at with sleep. Um, Maybe you're sleeping with somebody that has a CPAP or should have a CPAP. Either way, it's impacting you. And I think there's even articles out there, I don't know if it was the New York Times or somebody like that that had an article about people getting sleep divorces where they're just not sleeping in the same room for one reason or another. And I gotta tell you, if you're the one that's the buzzsaw, 
you need to get that checked out. That is just not, it's not helpful for you. I know it's not helpful for my husband and he's working that process through, but it definitely is not helpful for the person that is next to you either. You know, you want to do some things, you know, don't be eating chocolate at nine o'clock at night and think you're going to go to bed. Like my husband would sit there and drink, you know, Diet Coke or something, even at six or seven. And I'd say, what are you doing? You are going to be up because he was pretty sensitive to caffeine. I know there's some people who are, their bodies seem to be oblivious to caffeine. But you got to watch the caffeine consumption. I don't even touch it after two o'clock because it would mess with my sleep. And I dearly, 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 dearly love my sleep. And so I kind of protect it as much as I can. And I, I know that establishing the same habits, the same routines, going to bed at the same I'm avoiding caffeine, just cut it off at, you know, two o'clock. I'm not going to have any more. And chocolate counts, you know. You can't eat a bunch of chocolate ice cream and then think you're going to go to bed if you are in any way, shape, or form sensitive to that. We have, you know, room darkening shades. I like it like dark and I like it quiet too, but definitely, definitely dark. Some people are very going back to circadian rhythm, some people are very sensitive to that. So, you know, put your phone down, no more candy crush after a certain time so that you at least have an hour before you're going to go to bed to, to decelerate. And that deceleration thing is something else we've spent the last, I don't know how many weeks, watching Hijacked on Apple TV. And there were a couple of, you know, you start watching it. We'll watch maybe an hour of TV late at night before we go to bed. It usually doesn't bother me, but I have noticed of late that if it is something especially heart pounding, you know, something like, oh my goodness, the plane is going to, what is going on? You know, it's almost like then I want to watch something lame, you know, like Big Bang Theory or something to kind of kind of settle back down <laughs> so so don't be watching anything too riveting but you might want to cut yourself off an hour before you're going to go to bed to give your body a minute to kind of settle down above all I think where I want to leave you with this snoozer of an episode is that you want to pay attention to your sleep it's not sometimes we don't we think everything's fine. Like I thought everything was fine just because my Apple Watch said I'm getting eight hours, nine hours of sleep. But I was getting interrupted sleep. And I didn't even think it was bothering me, impacting me in any way, shape or form until until I started getting regular good sleep for like about three weeks and then went, hey, I feel like a million bucks. How come? And then it kind of hit me that I was being impacted by the buzzsaw a foot or so away from me. And so he's still working through his sleep issues. You need to look at your sleep and really consider what needs to be done to guard it, to protect it, 
so that you can be the best version of yourself that you know how to offer to other people. And I think that lines up with God's intent for us and our desire to offer God our best as we go through our day and as we seek to be the people that God has called us to be. So go evaluate your sleep, how much you're getting, how much you're waking up, whether you need to seek some professional help to bring it bring it under control or in line or in such a way so that you can then get the kind of rest that you need. The Krabby Pastor Podcast is brought to you by Bryce Coaching, and I connect with ministry leaders and help them when they are stuck, help them when they need to know what their next steps are, and just a journey with them, which is a type of self-care, actually. But this podcast is also brought to you by Bryce Glass Art. You can find that on Facebook. So when I am doing this podcast, it is paid for and sponsored by the glass articles that I make and sell and the coaching that I do. And it is my privilege to call you to radical self-care so that you can go the distance with God. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor.